And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We are not good. What? We are not good, Chef. No? What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. It is a Why the f*** do I watch this game? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie, or Hog, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hoag. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Um, And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, how how you doing? Um, Coach Ditka versus a hurricane, who would win? Ditka, Ditka. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the hurricane is Hurricane Ditka. Here they are. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. It's a big game this week. Bears and Lions. It's the Super Bowl for Matt Eberflus. Wait, Justin is it Fields. technically a, a a big game when one team is what nine and three and the other is four and eight? It is when the spread's only a field goal. Damn it! And jobs are on the line. That that is true. And multiple the, jobs. The Bears haven't been in ho- at home in what seems like three years now. So. Uh, you know, maybe Soldier Field be rocking. I don't know. It's still a noon game. Lions fans are traveling almost as good as Bears fans are nowadays. Like right. There was just a story from New Orleans about their GM, Mickey Loomis, complaining about how many Lions fans there are down there. Well, Do you think some are making the road trip to Chicago? There's always Lions fans there. I mean. But like more than normal. The reality is there's a lot of Lions fans that live within two hours of downtown Chicago. There's some that live within downtown Chicago. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like Michigan, the western part of Michigan is not that far away. So No. Um, well, I'm, ex- I'm actually excited for this game, Johns. We got a lot to break down here. We got some comments from Justin Fields we got to talk about. Uh, you were there for that. Um we got a mailbag. We, I know we teased on Tuesday that we were going to have Diana Rossini on. I don't know if you guys have been following the news this week, but uh, there's a lot of news going on, and she's been all she's been covering this she's jet stuff. Apparently, feuding with Aaron Rodgers at the moment. Yeah, also a little bit busy. She's got more important people like Aaron Rodgers to worry about than Hogan Johns, you know. And yeah, you know, you can have opinions about that. I mean, personally, my response is. You, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> but, you know. Jeez. <laughs> I'll say this. What, what are you reporting? is fantastic. Kids. Aaron Rodgers hates kids. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> I'm on record with that, too. <laughs> Play it again so everybody can hear it one more time. He hates kids. Aaron Rodgers hates kids. There you go. I well, he does. Yeah. 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 Um, yes. Um, Zach Rosenblatt and Diane is outstanding reporting on the New York Jets stuff. I, I will say this. We have covered... Like we we are we we have covered Mark Tressman. Like we've been here where there's just finger pointing and there's infighting. Everybody's looking out for themselves. Coaches are attacking coaches. The Bears right now 
don't have what New York is experiencing or the Carolina Panthers. Do you read Joe Person's story in the Panthers? Uh, I I have not read all. What was that? A hundred thousand words in that story, but it was long. It was long. <laughs> I've, 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 you know, I quote. no, I went down to Barnes and Noble. I bought the Cliff Notes version, though, and <laughs> and so I do. I am aware of what was reported in there. Yes, my favorite quote from that story is how well apparently the Carolina Panthers were acting like the the Hunger Games. Yeah, everyone was just out for themselves, well, <laughs> creating fake alliances, and well, then like killing off the alliances. Well, that's what happens when you, as an owner, force a team to draft a quarterback they don't really want to draft and not let the head coach hire the coaches he wants to hire, and then everybody's kind of out for themselves. Kind of like in New York. Yes. It appears that Robert Sala, not a fan of Zach Wilson. Yeah. So you get what you get. He had that one great throw at his pro day, though. Don't forget. <laughs> Rolling those left. Throwing deep to his right, a throw like you you like have I've never seen. It was awesome. in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, it was because it wasn't an NFL play. He was in shorts, and I think a cutoff T, if I remember right. Um, so if your point is, and by the way, there were moments earlier this season where I think you and I would agree this could be headed down that road. We've seen this go down this road. We've two defensive coaches dismissed, which still is on the record. Like if you're breaking down, if you're Kevin Warren or Ryan Poles at the end of the year, or George McCaskey, and you're making decisions. I mean, that's still stuff that happened. But I do also think it's fair to point out that instead of this completely spiraling out of control, the waters have calmed a little bit. And this team does seem to be making progress. They are coming off a win. It's part of the reason why I think this is such a big football game this week against the Lions because of, especially because of how things went in Detroit a couple weeks weeks ago. What could have been a signature win for Matt Eberflus turned into an incredibly embarrassing loss. Can they flip this script this week against the same team who hasn't exactly looked good the last few weeks? So we'll get into all that. Um, there was some news today, though, outside of the fact that the Bears injury report looks awesome and maybe as good as it has all, all year. But Justin Fields had some interesting things to say. Uh, before we play this clip, which is about three questions at the end of his press conference, you were in the room today. I was stuck on the Kennedy um, getting home from CHGO. Anything you want to set up just in terms of the press conference or kind of what led into some of this questioning or anything like that before we play the chunk no, of audio? No, it, it was... A pretty usual, typical press conference of Justin Fields. Now, it did open with his his cleats being there. My cause, my cleats. Um, he's wearing it for, well, the Justin Fields Foundation. Matty Bufus had his shoes out there as well. It was a typical press conference, um, but it was our friend Herb Howard from the Bigs who had this great question that led to a great answer and then led to, well, well more questions. Yes. So, so that, that's the setup I would give you. All right. So let's, uh, we'll start it with Herb's question. There's a couple follow-ups and then we'll react to it. But here's what Justin Fields had to say today. Fair in terms of, you know, the, the, the evaluation of your last five games this season and, and, and making a correlation between that and your future going forward. Yeah. I mean, um, life isn't fair. So, uh, you know, me personally, I'm just focused on what I can control and, you know, the rest is in God's hands. And, you know, I mean, 
really you just put everything in God's hands, you know, it's going to turn out, you know, good for you. So, um, you know, wherever, if I'm here next year, if I'm not, um, you know, know, football doesn't define who I am as a person. Um, My happiness will still be in the same place. We'll still be in God. Um, And really just football wise, life stuff in general. um, I think my, my faith in God is just, my hope in God is just so much more than, you know, anything uh, that can be thrown at me on this earth. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's why I don't, I don't really stress over stuff like that, over stuff that I can't control. I know that God's got me and, um, I'm going to be good. So, um, I'm very blessed in the position I am in. And, um, you know, uh, I think a million people would love to be in the position I am right now. So, um, really just, you know, um, not taking that for granted and, um, just, just taking every, each and every moment I have, uh, every day up here, you know, uh, to the fullest. So, Two games back from the injury. Do you feel any personal momentum uh, as far as going into these last five games? As, uh, um, they're not like a proven guy. Just a, do you feel personal momentum? Um, You're heading in the right direction and then ready for a big finish. Uh, I don't know. I think I have a different mindset in terms of that. Personal momentum. Um, I'm really just trying to be consistent. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, you can play good one game, play bad the other. So I think me personally just trying to be consistent and um, – you know, trying to be better than I was yesterday. So just trying to continually improve, get better as a, a person and a player, and, um, you know, just better myself each and every day. Outside noise, you've had to, some of that's had to have broken through to you, hearing about other quarterbacks and all that kind of stuff. So was there a point where you were just like, all right, I got to take a deep breath and just have some perspective on all that? Uh, I don't think there wasn't a point. I mean, shoot, since I've gotten in Chicago, I mean – I don't hold back. Shoot, I mean, I hear from y'all. I hear from you know fans and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I don't I don't take any of it personal because I know you know everybody's entitled to their opinion on you know uh, certain things and stuff like that. So uh, that's one thing I try not to do is not take anything personal. And um, yeah, I mean, just go about it the that way. I mean, I've I've had things in my life. I ha- I've had moments in my life to where I've wanted things to happen and it didn't go that way. And it ended up going another way, and it worked out better than I, you know, ever could imagine. So um, that's really why I just, you know, don't stress about stuff that happens, and um, I'm just controlling what I can control, and um, like I said earlier, just being the best person I can be, and um, you know, striving to be the best player I can be. So I think many of us, speaking of the media, had a very similar reaction to what he was saying sitting in that room. I'm curious to what your reaction was when you heard what he said for the first time, because I think these are pretty strong, pretty strong comments from, from Justin Fields at this time. Well, I, I, you know, here's my honest reaction, my honest reaction in the moment. And this is the, this is literally the second time I've, I've got, you know, I heard it and then now I'm hearing it for the second time. And I feel the same way as I initially did. It's, it's oddly like a sense of appreciation um, because, and, and this is something I've appreciated about Justin Fields, I think from the start. I mean, this guy, this guy's been through some shit here, man. Like, it, like he was put in a terrible situation as a rookie. I don't think he was put in a much better situation in his second Pro- year. Probably a worse situation, if we're being honest. I, I, I mean, I think... Yeah, I mean, at least from the personnel around him, it was worse. I think maybe the exactly. environment was better, the support system was better, but the but the personnel he was working with was certainly worse. And 
this year has been, you know, up and down to, to be fair. But to, in my opinion, this guy hasn't flinched. Like in the sense of, especially that last answer he gives. I think that's where the appreciation comes from. Like, yeah, man, I hear all this. But when is it, when have we had this like Mitch Trubisky shut the TVs off, like sort of just ignorance to all the noise? It, that hasn't happened. Well, I think just in terms of like having a controversy created through his own press conferences, we think we had one of those earlier this year where he mentioned coaching and obviously he's... He, he came and addressed the media afterwards in the locker room about that, but would that apply? Can, can I to, back him up on that though? And I'm sure there's maybe some people inside the walls of house hall are like me here. I, I think that was the, any controversy that was created by people other than him. I, I, I didn't think he needed to come back and address anything. Yeah. I well, appreciate you can't say coaching and not think it's going to go that way. You can say something else, That's, but if you say the word coach. That, but I, I guess my point is, I, I remember live reacting to that on CHGO that day and being like, hell yeah, Justin. Like, like way to stand up for yourself. Because the first four weeks of the season, he was not put in a position to have success either. And, 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 and for him to sort of have the backbone to just be like, to stand up for himself after all the shit he's been through. And I feel like part of that was him doing that today too. Just acknowledging what's, what's here, what's going on. And I don't get the sense that it. I'm sure it bothers him, but I don't get the sense that it's affected his play. Like I think his issues on the field are his issues on the field that go back to college. I don't think it's how many how many other quarterbacks in this league do we see just totally lose confidence? I mean, we were just talking about the Jets. I, I, I mean, I, for everything that Justin's been through, he could be Zach Wilson right now, and nobody would blame him. But he still obviously has an inner confidence in himself to fight through all this. Where two weeks ago in Detroit, he looked awesome. And last week in Minnesota, he didn't look as good, but he still won the football game, and it was a game plan that really didn't put him in a position to look awesome, and he still handled it. So, again, that's where my reaction is more appreciation than anything else. The reaction I think that many of us had in the room, especially myself and maybe Kevin Fishbank, because we talk about it afterwards, is I think you had a quarterback, kind of much like Jake Cutler, like towards the end of his tenure, where it's just the realization that, that this could be it. Regardless of how well I play, that this could be it. Now, Cutler ended up having more time after that because they went from Emory to Pace and, uh, Pace and Nagy, Pace and Fox. Um, but you have, that's my take, you have a quarterback who maybe just sees this as five games and that's it. Good and bad, as well as I play, I know what's, What's ahead of me? Like, the, and, and then it was like, like at, at the end, right? Where, where he says this, I've had moments in my life to where I wanted things to happen that didn't go that way and ended up going another way and it worked out better than I ever could have imagined. Like you've talked about this exact scenario in a sense, right? Yeah. That this is it. This is it here. You know, 
I'm with my second coaching staff. Could be with my third coaching staff. I'm on my second GM. It's been a mess. I've tried my best. This could be it. They have the first pick. We know who gets taken with first picks. So this could be it. Maybe the next door of my career is better. A scenario that you have actually talked more about than anyone, I think. At least the Chicago. I think in moments like this, it's important to have a little empathy before you judge the person. And and what I mean by that is put yourself in his shoes right now. Okay, like whatever your job might be in life and maybe there's some uncertainty there, what's around the corner? And it's like, if I'm Justin Fields, I'm thinking, if I just finish this season strong, I can end this season knowing that it's not the end of my NFL career by any means. Like there's going to be... Door number he could probably ended poorly for with a couple games and still have a the next opportunity. That's my point. Like he should still have that inner confidence in that door number two might not be the Chicago Bears, but door number two to me at minimum at minimum is competing for a starting job next year. It's not Mitch Trubisky taking a one year to back up Josh Allen. It's no him probably getting traded into a situation where that team wants him to be Justin Fields. I mean, all you have to do is look at who's playing in the NFL right now. (laughs) (laughs) You realize that Justin Fields is a better option than than perhaps half the league. It's just a different scenario with the Bears because they have the first overall pick or should have the first overall pick. So if you add in that context that he knows that this isn't it, like it might be it here, but it's probably not it in the next place, wherever that might be. And yeah, he's never said this explicitly, but would anyone blame him? No. If no. he doesn't hate the idea of door number two at this point? Yeah, I've said it on the show, I think a couple times now, that I feel like he might be better off with a fresh start. And every now and then, I think he expresses the same without exactly saying it or coming out and saying it exactly like that. Like you see it. Like you hear it behind his own words, if, if that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. Where maybe, to put it your way, door number two is just more appealing right now just because of how things have transpired for for him with the Chicago Bears. And that's why my reaction with the Bears side of that has been one of extreme caution. Because and you have a quarterback that's been this resilient. Like what do we know about Justin Fields? We know he's a good leader. We know he's been resilient through all this stuff. We know he's incredibly talented. We know that defenses are still worried about him more than anyone else. Every single week, they game plan. They're trying to stop him. And then we also know that he holds onto the ball too long sometimes, and he fumbles it a couple times. I think if you're the Chicago Bears, like right now, if you look at Justin Fields' numbers, he's middle of the pack. That's it. Yeah. That's that's what the numbers say. The wins aren't there. If you just want to look at the wins, the wins, he's at the bottom of the league. But there's a lot of reasons why those wins haven't added up. It's just not, it's not all him. It's not. I, but go ahead. Like I, I think my what I'm going to say, if if you're the Bears and you feel like Caleb Williams has the potential to be top ten and Justin Fields at his best is where he's at right now, then well, then yes, you have to take Caleb Williams. You have to. If you have doubts about that, 
Well, well the, then you stick with Justin Fields. What if the floor is Zach Wilson, though? With Caleb Williams? Well, I think you need to be more sure about that. I think I wouldn't compare Caleb Williams to Zach Wilson. I'm not trying to say that, but I'm saying that the, the risk of moving on from Justin Fields and drafting a rookie, to me, is always... I don't care how hyped up a guy, that guy might be. These We've seen mistake after mis- mistake after mistake made with these rookie quarterbacks. And we're also seeing teams around the league now being able to have success and maybe not Super Bowls yet, but success with quarterbacks that don't necessarily have the highest floor. One of the teams, the team that's coming into Soldier Field this week and what they've done with Jared Goff, what the 49ers are doing with Brock Purdy, the last pick in the draft. Well, I think you should go throughout history. I mean, Peyton Manning hasn't won every Super Bowl. I know Tom Brady's won a lot. Yeah. Drew Brees won one. As many as Joe Flacco and Trent Dilfer. As many as Brad Johnson. This guy, this guy won one. You, Aaron Rodgers. Well, exactly. It, it takes more than a special quarterback to get there. Now, a special quarterback can, can keep you like consistently competitive while pieces on your roster change. Like that's what a great quarterback does. But I, I still think I know what you're saying. It takes a great team still to do it all. Well, I just think the Bears you have to be careful here because we do see a team and a roster that's getting better. And yes, you have this opportunity with possibly two top 10 picks to pick Justin Fields replacement. You also have the opportunity with those two picks to give Justin Fields two more dynamic weapons that can elevate his level of play beyond middle of the pack. If you put them in that right situation, which up until this point, they really haven't done in two and a half years. Here's like the next part of that conversation though. If you're sticking with Justin Fields, that's probably going to mean you're sticking with Matt Eberflus. Yeah. Does that mean you're sticking with Luke Getze? Because if you move on from Luke Getze, I get it that Luke Getze is everybody's favorite scapegoat right now, but this would be... Say say everybody comes back, but Luke Getze. Justin Fields will now be starting over in his fourth season with his third offensive coordinator. Yeah, and I hate that idea. I do. With, it's like the Jake Cutler yeah. path of... That's that's the Jay Cutler career arc right, right, now. right now. I can think of two exceptions to me hating that idea, which I just I don't like it. I I in in the Bears keep doing this. We've talked about this endlessly about how they do things backwards. I think there's two exceptions where I can accept the idea of Justin Fields having to learn another offense going into 2024, and that is if you go out and make the big move to hire Jim Harbaugh and Jim Harbaugh's banging on the table. I love Justin Fields. I played against him. I had a coach against him. Not even play against him. Be coached against him. And he just envisions the way he, this concept of Colin Kaepernick and turn that into a success. If he has that vision for Justin Fields, then then let's roll. Then I'm totally cool with that. And and I think the second one would be number two on my list that we went through a couple weeks ago. And that's if you went out and hired Ben Johnson. And he said the same thing. I did this with Jared Goff. I can do it with... Justin Fields. I don't necessarily love that for Justin Fields, but those are like the two exceptions where I could buy, I could still buy into it. I have to get on the. I have to learn more about Ben Johnson. I, I, I'll be honest. There's, there's his his name is like the hot coordinator name right now, right? And 
Yeah. Don't you feel like you have to learn more? Teams have to learn more. Like his name is just being mentioned because because Jared Goff is having a career resurrection. But you know, maybe Jared Goff is pretty good. He was pretty good with Sean McVay for a bit too. Well, I'll, just, I'll, I'll tiny tease. I've been working on this. I've been working on this. I'm trying to dive deeper into this Lions offense to really understand why it's working, um, the run concepts behind it that they've that they've used with Jared Goff. It's pretty, it's pretty multiple. It's not, you know, it's they, they spread the ball all around the field too. They've had a lot of success, so I, you know, I think there's a lot to like there. The hardest Maybe thing, a head coach. I know that's a, I know, and that's the same. But that's the same, and into that's a completely fair point. And it's the same problem I have with these rookie quarterbacks. It's still a projection, right? Like you could take the hottest coordinator in the world, but what's it going to be when he's head coach? You could take Caleb Williams, but what's it like when he's playing in the NFL? And no one knows the answer to that until it he gets put in that position. Yeah, that's what's tough. All right. That's why I like the idea of Harbaugh, just because I think you know more than anything. You know what you're getting. The good, the bad, the weird. Yeah. You know what you're getting. I'm 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 fully on board with it. I'm fully on board with it. But I, I don't know that there's a one hundred percent slam dunk option with any of this stuff. The, the, the Bears are in an incredibly rare, unique opportunity and situation in part because they have a great chance to have the number one pick. So Sometimes I honestly have the random thought and Bears fans are going to hate this, but like, could the Panthers just win three games here? <laughs> Get the second pick. Just, just make some of this decision making easier. Just take it out of their hands a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's just it's there's there's so many layers to it. Um I still think the best case scenario is you like Justin Fields enough where you could go the route of the Philadelphia's or the San Francisco's and really build out a roster to mm-hmm. where if you do have to make a QB change in twenty twenty five, for example, at least that this this roster can hold up that next quarterback a little bit better. Yeah. Well, I feel like any quarterback that's coming in next year will already be in a better position. Yeah, than, and I kind of like to know. see Justin Fields with a loaded team. I, w- I would like to see that too. I, I'm seeing plenty. I'm seeing Jake Browning on the Bengals right now. Have that game he had the other night. Like, was, What is he, like 36 for 39 or something I mean, like that? I'm, I'm watching this. I'm like, dude, if he can do this with a great team around him, you can't. Justin Fields too talented not to be able to to look better with a better team. So we'll see what it looks like here in these final five games, including Sunday at Soldier Field. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. 
From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Now, before we get into our big questions for the game and our in our preview, we are uh, opening this up to a listener mailbag. Uh, which we haven't done in a while. Uh, John's got some questions on Twitter earlier, and uh, we'll jump in right now. This is from Matt Sharp on X. I don't like calling it X, but we'll call it X. It's Twitter. I love Jaquan Brisker, but do you agree that he's proven a liability in pass coverage? It seems like every game he gets beat vertically in a big play or in the end zone. Big issue with the tight ends in this division. So um, I did some research let me throw this as context to you, Adam Hogue. So according to Pro Football Reference, here is Brisker's numbers in coverage this year. 22 completions against 37 attempts. That's a 59.5% completion percentage, 272 yards, three touchdowns, 90.8, 98.0 pass rating. And if you want some advanced stats, that's 194 air yards against them and 78 yards after catch. Uh, so my first reaction here, Matt, is like this is not at my anywhere near the top list of the worries that I've identified this year. Um, so, I mean, I think there's some proof there in the numbers and 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 maybe an indication there that it's an issue, but I, I'd never, I, until like literally this moment was not thinking of that as like a major problem that the bears have, you know, and he's, yeah, it could, it could improve. Yes, it could improve. But I also think he's here because of his physicality, the way he is against the run, 
the way he is as a blitzer sometimes, the way he just plays around the line of scrimmage, and some of that emotion, that tenacity, that that swagger, that that edge, that fire, any adjective or word you want to use there, he, he has that. I just remember him being out with a concussion against the Colts and him just talking so much trash during those joint practices. Like, that's what you need sometimes. You oh, need yeah. some of that energy. <laughs> remember that? that? Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's what makes him valuable. You need some of that in your defense. You need some players who play angry, play with that chip on their shoulder, play with some tenacity. He provides that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's, if that's the weakness of a good, strong safety, then you can live with it. You know, I think it's a bigger liability if we're talking about Eddie Jackson, which we might be. And the Bears looking to replace him in the offseason. Very possible. So, so I, w- I would just say something to watch, not something I'm terribly concerned about, but it's a it's a good question. This is from Andre on X. The defense is playing really well as of late. We have seen lots of development from defensive rookies. Do we have to start all over when Eberfus leaves? What if Harbaugh wants a 3-4? See, I just get distracted. This happened when I was on the score today. When you say they introduced me, he's at Adam Hogue on X. Like, I'm not on ecstasy. Andre is not on ecstasy. <laughs> Andre on X. It's not fair to Andre. I'll tell you what, this would be a very entertaining podcast if you were, if you were to consider it. <laughs> no. <laughs> just a weird mix of coffee and probably not enough water. Um all right, so let me get back on track with the question. Uh, defense playing well, improvements. What happens if they start over? It's a good question. What if what if Harbaugh or whoever the next coach is wants to change defensive schemes? Um, the good news is I feel like the Bears have a lot of versatility with some of these key players that they've acquired. Um, and in some ways... If they go down the road where they end up changing defensive schemes, maybe the fact that they haven't quite found their ideal three technique almost turns out to be a blessing. Because like Javon Dexter, if he doesn't have to be a true 4-3-3 tech, has already shown an ability to play a different style at Florida and an ability to adapt and show some promise in this scheme where he's got to get more field and penetrate gaps. The Montez sweat situation. Okay. You did invest a lot of money in a more of a true hand on the ground four three defensive end. But I think we've seen across the league, a bunch of those types of guys be able to adapt and be okay. Um, so is it ideal? No part of this. I'm definitely biased because the style that the bears are in right now is not my favorite defensive style. So that that's just I'm I'm I almost feel complete I, I'm admitting my bias in answering this question because I, I like that they're playing better in this style, but it's not my personal preference. So like one reason why I think Jim Harbaugh is intriguing to a lot of teams because I put this in my column. He's a good coach, he knows how to coach, but he he knows how to like identify good coaching to help him too. Like, it's Vic Fangio following in from Stanford to San Francisco. Greg Roman. Like, his his San Francisco 
coaching staff was very, very good, right? Mike McDonald, his defensive coordinator a couple of years ago in Michigan, is now the defensive coordinator in Baltimore. And like I, I just read a story about him the, the, the other day, you know, or the other day, this morning, preparing for this question. And like he adjusted his scheme to fit the players he was inheriting at Baltimore. And I think Jim Harbaugh is the same way, whether it's like, I think he's shown that offensively going from Alex Smith to Colin Kaepernick to JJ McCarthy. Like he's willing to adjust to whatever works best for his players and whatever leads to victory. So I think that's one of Jim Harbaugh's called strengths. If you're going through coaching resumes. Well, I think for the good coaches, that's, that's what they do. That's what they do. That's what they're, that's one of their hallmarks is being able to adapt their schemes to their players on a year-to-year basis, quite frankly. Yeah. If if Jim Harbaugh looks at the Bears roster and thinks Montez Sweat is a good player, I'm sure they'll find a way to use him. Exactly. And by the way, uh, kind of a fun way to answer this question, it, like, I don't think Vic Fangio's leaving Miami after one year, but like, if there was a world in which Jim Harbaugh came to the Bears and was like, I'm going to bring J- Vic Fangio with me, there's not a single Bears fan in the world that would care about the scheme changing. No, no. And how many yeah. times... Like Vic Fangio as a base is 3-4, but Vic Fangio more often than not because of how much your past situations would have four down linemen. Yeah. Yeah. Or basically six down linemen uh, in the type of fronts they were running when they shut down the Rams at Soldier Field that Bill Belichick ended up using in the Super Bowl to beat the Rams that year. Exactly. Good coaches adjust. And, and I think you see it like Sean Desai in Philadelphia. Great defensive line. You know, even like Brandon Staley, another Vic Fangio disciple, since we're going off the Vic Fangio tree, like he's got Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack. He's got to do things a little differently because of what his personnel is. Yeah. All right. All right. This is from GOHD. Is he on X? I think he's on Twitter. Okay. Based on the past draft decisions Ryan Poles has made, do you think it's more likely he's taking the San Francisco Philadelphia approach to build the team first or find his QB? Great way to end this conversation. Yeah, it is. And I was, we were honestly talking to Brian Baldinger about this too, um, about which which approach is best. I just think a lot of the teams make this make mistakes chasing their idea of Patrick Mahomes, or even before that, their idea of Tom Brady, their idea of Peyton Manning, their idea of Drew Brees, and what's almost missed in I, I feel like the number one thing that was missed with Patrick Mahomes just for for instance is or I guess it applies to Brady too and how Brady became what he became as a six round pick is what they got up here man like you can give me all the comps in the world that Caleb Williams film to Patrick Mahomes there's a lot I see it like you turn it on you see it you see something you see something and I'm not talking about Mahomes on the Chiefs I'm talking about Mahomes at Texas Tech you see it. But what we all missed, basically everyone in the world did, except for the Chiefs, is what Mahomes had upstairs because that's what he has at the NFL level that separates him. He's got all this unbelievable ability, but that dude's reading defenses. He understands everything he's looking at. And he knows how to get the ball to his guys. And I just think that that's what's like, just to bring it back to the Jets. Like they obviously missed that with Zach Wilson. All this cool, and I did too. I like Zach Wilson. 
all these cool throws he made, all these, he, he looked awesome at BYU. He's all, it wasn't just his pro day, which we kind of laugh, you know, in hindsight at, but like his BYU film was really fun to watch. He did a lot of cool things, but I just think that building, whether you have that mental capacity or you don't, all of these quarterbacks are going to do better when they have a team around them. To your point, Patrick Mahomes has a team around him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But even this year, with less of a team around him, it hasn't been that easy for Patrick Mahomes. No, his numbers have come down a little. And to go back to Ryan Poles, that team was ready. That Chiefs team was ready for Patrick Mahomes. They already had a top 12, top 10 quarterback in Alex Smith. Right? They already had their middle-of-the-pack quarterback. That offense was top five in scoring. Alex Smith was setting career highs. You had pro bowlers at receiver, tight end, and on the offensive line. You have one of the greatest coaches of all time. Like That situation was perfect for Patrick Mahomes. Hard to replicate, hard to reproduce, but I think Ryan Poles, in terms of like roster-building philosophy, 100%, absolutely, that's what he's trying to do here. 100%. You call it the K, call it the KC, call it the San Francisco, Philadelphia model, whatever. Like even Dallas was like that in a sense for Dak Prescott. Walking into a situation with all pros in front of him, great great receivers, good running back. You know, the situation matters. I mean, you could look at not just turn this into some of the random game, but like I mean, name a team towards the top of the standings right now. When what what draft capital did they use on their quarterback? So the 49ers, obviously, the last pick of the draft. Now, that's sort of an exception because they also traded years worth of first round picks for a guy they ended up trading away and trade Lance. But the guy my point is the guy they found. Last pick of the draft. You brought up the Cowboys, fourth round pick, Dak Prescott. Eagles, second round pick. Jalen Hurts. Lions. Baltimore. Lions, they traded for Jared Goff, who was once the f- number one pick, but it didn't work out in the place he got drafted. Yeah. Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, last pick of the first last round. Last pick right? of the first round. Can I give you a good example of a team that I think would be a lot better with a better quarterback? And my guy's about to start for him. My guy, it's an old one. Old joke. The Steelers. Your guy, Trubisky. I think it's a joke, but I, I, I think that team has... Well, blue chip players, right? Mm-hmm. Good receiving core. Good young tight end. Always a good defense. The Arguably the best defensive player in the league. Like, that's a team with a better quarterback. Can go somewhere. Like, that would be like... You put Justin Fields on that team? Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, something... I don't... I don't I've, I've had... You know, I've maybe asked Mike Tomlin two questions in my entire life, uh, I, so I don't know the answer to this. But I feel like Mike Tomlin would, uh, if you offered him Justin Fields tonight, he'd probably be like, "Yes, please." And I think that's a place where Justin Fields could probably have a lot of success. Mm-hmm. Wanting to go there. All right, uh, I guess we should talk about this football game. That's my big question. Three big questions. Let's go through these quickly. How do you think? Number one, how do you think Darnell Wright will do in round two? Versus Aiden Hutchinson. So I feel like Darnell Wright, if you're just breaking down his reps, his physical play, especially one-on-one reps, 
eight out of 10 times, nine out of 10 times has success. Occasionally oversets, maybe lets some inside pressure. But when he drops you, his head sometimes. What's that? Drops his head. Yeah. Head down. But, I mean, overall, very encouraged. You go to the Vikings tape, though. It was not his best game. And I think there's some communication problems. I think there's some rookie moments and just not quite understanding situations. Also, but like that's a... That defense purposely would be hard on a rookie, right? Because of all the blitzes, the different looks, who the heck is coming. Completely what agree. A, I can't hear my quarterback. It's so right. loud. I completely agree. But I guess we're going to go to Aiden Hutchinson. Like, this. Like that first Lions game to me was like sort of that exactly what I just talked about. Like he shut him down. Or I don't know if shut down is the right word, but you know, he more than handled his own for most of the game until, until the very end. And he got and to Justin, and Justin Fields would tell you he probably should have stepped up. There's, oh, there's your little thumbs up. <laughs> See that? <laughs> you didn't do that on purpose, but I did not. Forgot about these. Yeah. Get your thumbs down. Now it's raining. It's raining. Might rain Sunday. There's supposed to be a really... Uh, what was that really cool one someone said? I don't know if that does anything. No, I think this does something. Uh, if you're listening to us on Spotify or what have you, we're experimenting with the uh, emojis again. Yeah, you just I had some confetti. Another one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think Darnell Wright's going to have a... Uh, uh, a B plus day versus Aiden Hutchinson. And I take that. Yeah. Bears will take that. Number two, how do you think Montez Sweat will do in round two versus Panay Sewell? Uh, I think he keeps Don't forget, he had one sack in Detroit, but it was on a rollout. Yeah. I think he gets Jared Goff isn't exactly Justin Fields. I'll give him another sack. And I think his just overall presence will continue to be a positive one for this team. This has been a very, this has been the opposite of Chase Claypool last year. The the Tez factor. The Tez factor. But it's been a real thing. It's been, and the fact they paid him and they still got it, that's, it's good. What would you call the Claypool factor? I don't know, something like the Zach Levine factor. Play better Zach with Levine is an all an all star though. <laughs> yeah, but they play better without him. They just won again. <laughs> okay, this year. Well, Chase Claypool went away. All of a sudden, they started playing better on offense. I, I, uh, you know, I think it, I, I would call that not a good factor. The Chase Claypool factor. He's done nothing okay. in Miami, okay. by the way. Number three. I want to hear your answer on this one. Mm-hmm. How do you think that Matt Eberflus will do in round two versus Ben Johnson? I think he'll do worse than he did for most of that game, but better than he did in the final four minutes. Does that make sense? Yes. So, the so be- you're saying it'll, it'll be like consistent. It'll be a little <laughs> bit more of a... Less ebbs and flows, as we say in this podcast. A calmer heart rate than the one the Bears fans went through in the first game. You know, yes, less ebbs and flows. I, I think there'll be some ebbing and there'll be some flowing, but but I don't think it'll be... There'll you, be some ebering and some flusing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 
That's how I think he'll do. I think, I think overall, though, the way this defense is playing, I also think that they can play with a purpose to. I don't know. I don't. There's something about the way the Lions have played the last three weeks. I'm just. I. I almost feel like they've already plateaued this season. They haven't beaten a good team. Oh, they beat the Bears. What are you talking about? Like they beat the Chiefs in Week One, right? No. Yeah. Well, that's a. I think that counts as a good win. That was a long time ago. The Chiefs are good. They're not Chiefs. Chiefs good. They're they're still pretty damn good. Okay. Okay. Um, they also went to Green Bay and won earlier in the year. Fine. Okay. <laughs> um, before we move on, are you aware that Mark Grody now looks like Made Eberflus? Yes, I've seen this, and uh, it's going viral, and it should. And uh, is he doing it on purpose, or did he? See, Mark Carmen's theory was Grody just discovered what a comb was. And now he looks like Flus. Or is he doing a bit? I'm looking for a picture. I wish we had one. I should have been prepared. If, if Ken can find one before the podcast is over to show our YouTube listeners. You got it on your phone? Hold on. I might have it on my phone, too. Oh, someone's been sending in this. I also think... Uh, show it. I, I believe Parkins and... Spiegel or somebody was was tweeting it earlier today too. Yeah, he's got the comp pick, so um, I'm gonna have to quickly send this to Kent. See if we can get on the screen for those watching. Right, let's do the over unders, and mm-hmm. then hopefully we'll have this picture up by our picks and bold predictions. All right, over unders. This is from Zach. References to the Week Eleven game. Obviously, that's the Bears' loss in Detroit. Over under. Two and a half. Oh, I think yeah, that goes way over. Yeah. Any passing reference counts in my book. Um, I mean, that would probably be the case anyway, but especially how that game went. Absolutely. All right. This is from JF1 to DJM2. Mm. Ooh, I like that. Um, over, under, Justin Fields' fourth quarter turnovers. Oof, half. Uh, I mean, let's. How do you not go over? It is what it is. I mean, it's it's a problem. It's one of the negatives. And even in the win against the the Vikings, he had those two fumbles. So I think the safer play here, if you have to pick between the two, is you got to go over. Yeah, if we're picking on this, yeah, definitely, definitely over. I'm trying to look for his uh, um. Fourth quarter stats. I'll give you his fourth quarter stats in one second. Here they are. The fourth quarter, he is 100. All season? No, his career. His career. Okay. Okay. His career fourth quarter numbers. He is 134 for 233. So that's a 57.5 completion percentage. Over 1,400 yards passing, 10 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, pass rating of 65.1. 30 sacks. Oh, we're missing the fumbles here. They don't have them on pro football reference, but he's got 87 rushes for 533 yards and two touchdowns. Um, don't have the fumbles in front of me, but the turnovers just in terms of interceptions by quarter, that is, if you want to go first quarter in his career, he's got six, second quarter, six, third quarter, one, Fourth quarter, 14. Point is, uh, those are some numbers. 
those are some numbers. Now, the instant defense coming from the field's side of the fan base is, well, he's been trailing in a lot of games and put in a lot of situations where he's got to take a lot of chances in the fourth quarter compared to those other three quarters. Or those are our opportunities. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, look, the bottom line is those are not good numbers in the fourth quarter. So getting back to the over-under, I don't like doing it, but I have to take the over. Over, under, oh, sorry, from Sports Outsider, uh, uh, next. Over, under, on Jim Harbaugh as coach of the Bears next year mentions during the broadcast. One and a half. I'm going under. You may get one passing reference. You know, if they're talking about what's happening, the Eberflus, and they start rambling off names from Ben Johnson to Eric Bieniemy to Jim Harbaugh. You might get that, but you're not getting some long thing on Harbaugh. Yeah, and if... if the- if this was the Monday night football game and they were promoting the Michigan Alabama game coming up on ESPN in a few weeks, then you then you might get a, a comment, but there's not going to be that. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I I would actually probably say zero. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Going under. Yeah. All right. I think we have the. Uh, do we have the uh, tweet from Danny Parkins that I that I sent over showing what. Mark Grody and Matty Berflus, the the comp. <laughs> That's great. So, obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see this, but it's uh, Mark Grody and Matty Berflus with, uh, I mean, identical hair, basically, at this point. Uh, and if you're listening to the pod, you're just going to have to trust us. Yeah, search it for your, yourself. But front of the show, Mark Grody going with the... Uh, the slick back look. I, I asked him why. And he just said, Do you want to try something new? I feel like he's, he's got to be doing a, a bit. Did we see what was up your sleeve? Or? I don't know. What's up yours? <laughs> no way. He's not doing a bit. <laughs> Grody? He's, he's full a lot. Of, he's full Dressing of bits. Like the coach? He's full of bits. We got some things up our sleeve. So he's got, he had some things up his sleeve, a new haircut. The funny thing about that is like Flus gave him an extra question in the Wednesday press conference. Yeah. You know, maybe because, oh, look at this yeah. guy. Like, he looks good. He's starting look, the trends look, here. Look, Grody, he looks good. Yeah. All right, Grody, what do you got? And he asked about his job security. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, do you think you're going to get fired? <laughs> yeah. Are you coaching for your job? Um, you all know, right. I, I go back, like going back in the time machine before we go through our picks real quick. It made me chuckle because, like, this is the time. Like, Flus hasn't gotten it like Fox did in his last year. Because I feel like I phrased that question to Fox about coaching for his job like five to seven different ways over that year. And I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. Just to try to get different answers out of him because he was never working with us on anything. But, ah, uh, the memories. The one word that stands out to me is complimentary football. Complimentary football. It's two words. Um. All right, here we go. Fox, noon, Lions coming into Soldier Field. Jared Goff back out in the crappy weather. Good rain. He doesn't always do well in the cold. Now, he did go in the Lambeau Field last year in Week 18 and win. But plus three and a half. The Bears have been kind of around a field goal. Now it's up to three and a half with the hook. Kind of depends where you're looking, I guess. Um, I will start with this. 
bold predictions. This time. Oh, you're going with mine? This time. Jalen Johnson catches the ball and takes it to the house for the pick six. Okay. Okay. We can double down on the same bold prediction. No, no. When we, we have never done that. Um, well, maybe that just makes it a lock if we do. <laughs> probably not. Uh, probably lot, not. To happen. Yeah. Like, I'm not allowed to pick Colcomet touchdowns because they don't happen. And, you know, ever since you stopped, the guy's been the basically the third best tight end in the league. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Good karma from Adam Johns. Um, I'm going to go with a Darnell Mooney touchdown. Oh, wow. I mean, that definitely qualifies as bold. I was going to say, you could have said he had two catches, and I would say that was a bold prediction. And going with a score. Touchdown. There you go. I like it. I like it. All right. Um, Look, when the Bears played the Lions a few weeks ago, my prediction was that I thought the Bears could win the game, that they would play well, that they would cover the spread, which got up pretty high. I think it was up to nine and a half at one point. But I could not trust them to pull out that win because they hadn't done it. And then they didn't do it. It was all validated. And then I did the same thing in Minnesota, the last game. You got to prove it to me. So I really thought for most of that week I was going to pick the Bears. And then I'm like, I just can't pull the trigger on it. They, they need to show me they can do it. So I picked the Vikings. And I ended up being wrong. Good for the Bears. They finished that game. They got the field goal. They won the game. So I'm going to go with the Bears this week. I think this is a winnable game. I think these two teams are trending in different directions. I theoretically coming off the bye, that should help them too. Where the Lions have really had to grind these last three weeks. I mean, that game against the Packers wasn't good. That game against the Bears wasn't good. They should have blown out the Saints. They didn't. In fact, the Saints probably outplayed them for the last 90% of that game. James Winston played. Yeah. I like how Fields has played against the Lions in his career. I think there's a lot of things that trend towards this being a Bears win. So I will say Bears 23, Lions 17. Wow. I'm going Bears 23-20. Okay. I agree with everything you just said, just in terms of the way things seem to be trending. I don't think the Bears are playing particularly well. They're playing well enough to win. And I think you get Jared Goff to give you a couple giveaways, turnovers again in this one. I think Eberflus has figured him out a bit. A bit. So give me the Bears kind of a an ugly game. And I think Justin Fields is going to make some plays. I think you'll see Darnell Mooney actually catch a touchdown. Is my bold prediction. It's just predicted at whim, actually. But I think the Bears move the ball. Um, Give me the Bears, 23-20. I have three and all in my locks this week, or this season, which means we haven't done a whole lot of locks. Been saving them for the right moments. Yeah. Um, but you if you're sure if you're going to lock it up. If you're going to do, if you're going to give me that half on top, so it's not just three, it's three and a half, which is what we're going off of here. 
You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. I'll lock the Bears getting three and a half. If you give me the hook on that, I got it. You just pick the Bears to win. Yeah. That's why I'm saying that they'll cook yeah. at least cover the three and a half. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I just don't want that push on that when they lose by a field goal. <laughs> All right. Also going on Fox noon. You just said so many nice things and then just like, ah, I want yeah. to lose. Well, come on. <laughs> you know, that's how these things go. Um, Panthers at Saints. You got the split screen this between the, you know, keep the Panthers to lose. Chris Tabor. Get the job done over there. Hunger Games. Hunger Games. They're going to New Orleans. Saints are only a five-point favorite this game. Well, Jameis Winston should be starting, right? Yeah, that's not a bad backup to have. You certainly had... You could have... I mean, the Jets just had Tim Boyle start how many games in a row? True. I mean, that's a that's a real thing that happened in the NFL this year. I don't think that gets talked about enough. That Tim Boyle played? You had Tim Boyle play. Former Bears quarterback Tim Boyle. <laughs> what? The quarterback the Bears could not wait to put in there for Nathan Peterman in week 18 last year just to make sure that they lost that game. <laughs> Can't let Peterman get carried away. <laughs> like, that's that's the guy the Jets were like, yep, we're going to start him on Black, yeah. on Black Friday, on the first ever Black Friday game that Amazon paid $100 billion or whatever they pay. It wasn't that much. That, that, that is why <laughs> if the Bears decide that Gail Williams or Drake May must be the number one pick, there will be a quite a robust market for Justin Fields. Yes. So anyway, I'll take, I'll take James Winston to cover five against the Panthers right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the Saints by a touchdown. It's it's uh, it's been rough. Excuse my first half of the movie. There we go. It's Fox three hundred five. Vikings going to Vegas. The Raiders. Vikings still favored. Raiders three and ha- uh, three point dogs at home. Uh, Vikings. Okay. I uh, disagree. I will. I will take the Raiders. I actually kind of like how they've been playing. Since they made their coaching change, I think they've been reinvigorated a little bit. And um, those things wear off, though. Those vibes wear off. You know what also like, wears they, off the streak that Josh Dobbs was on that made yeah. no sense. Well, that wore off when we covered that game. Yes. So this the clock hit midnight on Josh Dobbs. You're giving me the Raiders at three at home. Come on, give Aiden O'Connell some love. Stevenson, local guy Stevenson. There you go. Purdue. No, I'll still take the Vikings. Okay. Is there They're a gonna blitz the hell out of having the you know the hot guy coming from your backside or in front of you? Sorry, you might have to play that again. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't think we need. To. I was talking over it. I man. know. Well, maybe we should talk over. It. That's the worst question that's ever been asked in the history of Hell's Hall. Well, it's not. So it's the worst phrased question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was actually a good question. It was just. Very poorly phrased. Is there a preference either way to having the you know the hot guy coming from your backside or in front of you? It's unbelievable. Okay. What game are we picking? <laughs> what question are you asking me? I'm asking you, CBS three twenty five, if you're picking the Bills or the Chiefs. The Chiefs are at home. This game's at Arrowhead. The Chiefs are two and a half point favorites. Uh, I'm gonna take the Bills. Wow. Okay. 
They're desperate. They have to be desperate. Well, the Chiefs have a very good defense. The Chiefs have been not exactly looking great. Yeah. Like, like you said, the Chiefs haven't been the Chiefs. Yeah. Mm. Give me the desperate Bills. They're at home. I'll, t- I'll take the Chiefs still. But okay, we're 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 split a lot this week. Do your research. All right, Vic. Uh, NBC Sunday night game, a good one. Eagles at Cowboys. How about the Cowboys? Three and a half point favorites over the Eagles. Yeah, um, I kind of like the Eagles on a bounce back game here, mm-hmm. especially with the points. I think just the 49ers are just rolling right now. They're healthy. Purdy's playing well. Um, Give me the Eagles. Yeah, give me the points in the Eagles. I agree with you. Um, I also like the Eagles last week because they just seemed to figure out ways to win, and then the 49ers steamrolled them. I also believe the Cowboys have won three in a row against the Eagles at home. If I have that right, I hope I do. Um... So, makes me nervous. But again, that hook, three and a half is too much for me here. The Eagles should be in this game. I don't think the Cowboys are going to run away with it. Um, Cowboys do have some extra time to prepare coming off that Thursday game. I will still take the Eagles, though, getting three and a half against their division rival. Yeah, absolutely. Buy me some penis and cracker There's a classic... Do you know whose name I have a tough, tough time pronouncing? Michael Penix. Yeah, you yeah. said it wrong. It's Penix. Pen- Penix, I know. I, I, you want to say, you want to call him Michael it's, Penis. It's the West Pennsylvania <laughs> Dutchman in me. You, The Matt Nagy in you? The, the Matt Nagy influence, have you? Um, I'm kidding. It's Yeah, it's Penix. Penix. Not Penis. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm glad we could be 12 year old boys sometimes on this podcast. Come on, you gotta, you gotta have fun. Josh, who's the best um, meat smoker of your offensive line? Um, what do you mean by meat smoker? It's the Pat Feeling lap that gets me every time. It's the best. It's the best. All right, Monday night. This is weird, everybody. Get, get ready for this because the, there's two games going on at the same time. They're not even staggering these. It's my understanding that it's. You the, get the pick. It, it, they're going two games, same time. Uh, apparently on the uh, Manning cast, they're going to be doing both of them at the same time. They're going to be, they're going to somehow put it on the screen so you can watch them at the same time. And the Manning brothers are going to react to it at the same time. But the one we're going to pick here, uh, because the other one's what? Titans, Dolphins? I think something like that. Um, but the one we're picking here, of course, is uh, the Packers. The Packers, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, Go Bears. Yeah, we know how Bob feels about this one. Uh, the Packers are going to New York. The Giants are six and a half point dogs at home with Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito. Um, Jordan Love, Tommy DeVito. I'm going to go with Jordan Love. It's yeah. Okay. I can't believe we're doing this, but I got to agree. I, and. The Giants have managed to win a couple games here with this situation. I guess good for them. It seems like the spread should be higher than it is, which makes me suspicious. I very reluctantly take the Packers to cover here. 
Yeah, maybe they win by a touchdown. You know what? No, no, no. I'll take the Giants at the points. Giants, Packers win outright. Giants cover. Okay. Tommy DeVito magic continues in a loss, but a cover. Something tells me you're going to be right about that. I kind of want to do the same thing, but I'm not going to flip. Because then it just seems like I'm copying you. So, fair enough. I will I will be wrong here. I'm calling it right now. Go Bears. There you go. All right. Fun episode. We're out of here. Enjoy the football this weekend. Uh, enjoy Army-Navy, too. That's going on this weekend on Saturday. I always enjoy, enjoy the spectacle that is Army-Navy. Uh, and respect to our troops, of course. So check that out on Saturday. It's all NFL on Sunday. Um, hey, the Thursday night game. If uh, Mitch Trubisky playing the horrible New England Patriots gets you going, enjoy that one as well. We'll see what the Bears can do against the Lions. And whatever they do, we will be there to recap it post game. Bears, Lions. See if uh, Matt Eberflus can get his first back-to-back wins as head coach. That hasn't happened yet. Maybe it will this week. Win number something. two against the NFC North as well. Also something. Maybe reasons why we shouldn't have picked the Bears to win this game. Well, the us did. We did. All right. We'll talk to you post-game. See ya. I don't know. What's up yours? <laughs>